As the Green Bay Packers get ready for a key matchup at Washington, they have a new piece to integrate into the offense with the addition of running back Christine Michael. We'll ask our guest today, Tyler Bohms of Cheesehead TV, about Michael. It's all coming up on Railbird Central next. To Railbird Central at Cheesehead TV. I'm your host, Brian Caravu. We're talking some Packers football this morning. We're getting ready for a game against Washington in Washington on Sunday night football. To do that, we have an interview coming up here with Tyler Bohms of Cheesehead TV. But just very briefly before we get to that interview, Thank you to those of you who have filled out our survey from last week, got lots of responses, got lots of insightful input. Uh, some real, people really took some time to, to give us some feedback, and I appreciate the thoughtfulness of the answers. So just briefly, thank you to those of you who did that, and let's move on and talk some Packers football uh, I invited on the show Tyler Bohms, one of the newest contributors at Cheesehead TV, to kind of welcome him to the group, and uh, here's how it went. Right now, we're joined on Railbird Central by Tyler Bohms, one of the newest contributors at Cheesehead TV. Tyler, how you doing? Excellent. Glad to have you on the show, and, you know, as I usually like to do with many new guests who join us, uh, I'd like to know a little bit about their background and and how did you become a Packers fan? Yeah, I originally grew up in Illinois. Um, my my dad was a huge Packers fan. Um, he kind of passed that on to me. He grew up in the you know the, with the '60s era Packers, um, and then I obviously growing up uh, I was um, in the '90s era uh, when the Packers started getting good again. Um, so you know the, right when Brett Favre came in. Um, that was kind of my heyday era and when, when I really got, you know, attached to the team and emotionally invested. How did um, your dad in Illinois become a Packers fan and not a Bears fan? <laughs> I think it was primarily just because the, uh, you know, the 60s era teams were so good. Um, and, and he was just uh, drawn to them because of their excellence. Can't blame him. Can't blame him. Well, we got a lot to talk about the current Packers team here and, Making headlines here uh, just uh, yesterday. What what do you make of the claim of Christine Michael, and do you think he'll be a factor on this Packers offense? Well, we we, we all know probably not initially. Um, I would assume this week we, we won't see much action from him. Um, obviously, I think he's been kind of a career backup. Uh, he's had a little bit more uh, you know more action this year. I think he's you know got a little bit more than 400 carries, uh, six touchdowns. I watched a little tape on him from last week. Uh, he seems to run hard, um, but outside of that, I really haven't seen too much of him. 
Yeah, uh, he's fell out of favor in Seattle, and that what led to his eventual release. Uh, but as far as the running back position goes in Green Bay, what what do you think is going to happen on Sunday? Given that you know, even though he returned to practice Thursday, Ty Montgomery missed practice on Wednesday, and Don Jackson went on injured reserve. So, how are they going to divvy up playing time? I fully expect we'll see you know pretty similar uh, snap counts last week. I think Starks will probably get the majority of the snaps. Um, I'm hopeful that, that uh, Ty Montgomery uh, is more involved. Uh, obviously, we saw how the, the offense clicked uh, during the Chicago game. Um, you know, he had 125-plus yards. Uh, he, was, he was, you know, involved a lot in the game, and I think that was, you know, a big reason for the success. I think he could be, in, you know, an X factor for the offense, and I hope he, hopefully he gets utilized more. Yeah, kind of curious that they didn't use him more last weekend. Maybe that, you know, sickle cell trait, injury, whatever you want to call it, uh, maybe that had part to do with it. But as far as the guys blocking for the running backs, what what's your concern level with Adon Barclay possibly being a starter if T.J. Lang misses some time? I think it's always a concern anytime Barclay's in the lineup. Um you know, we've seen in the past uh, his struggles, uh, definitely a right tackle. Um, you know, I believe he gave up a safety on, on a stretch play in, in one of his games. Um, I, I think he's obviously better suited for the guard position. I'm hopeful he can stand up. He's, he, he at least held his own somewhat in the, in the Tennessee game, so hopefully he can do, do the same here going forward if, if Lang happens to miss. Yeah, it it was his best game of the season. I'll give him that. So who knows? Maybe the further he gets removed from that knee injury of his, maybe the better off he is. Uh, we can only hope that's the case. But we're talking to Tyler Bohm's uh, new contributor at Cheesehead TV here on a Friday morning. Tyler, what do you make of Aaron Rodgers' comments on Mike Florio this week? Uh, not only that, but but your own take on the Aaron Rodgers, Mike McCarthy relationship lot, gained a lot of media attention this week. Yeah, I mean, Florio kind of has a, a history of, you know, those kind of articles and, and comments in general. Uh, I'm not shocked at the way uh, Rodgers responded. It's, it's really how he probably should respond uh, as one of the leaders of the team. I, as far as, you know, Rodgers and McCarthy relationship, I think we're all speculating Um you know, to say that it's rocky or not rocky or any of those things. Um, and, and for those specific comments on, you know, McCarthy's direct, you know, you know some of his comment, comments in the press were directly related to Rodgers. I just, I guess I don't even see that. I think some of them could be construed as, you know, comments towards Thompson maybe, but, but certainly not Rodgers. Yeah, I think the same thing, the reverse. I'm not sure all of Aaron Rodgers' comments were directly, you know, kind of, you know, pointed at Mike McCarthy either. So <laughs> not that there weren't some valid points Florio made, just not all of them, uh, certainly. But anyway, here, um, uh, defensive side of the football, uh, do you think this is the week Clay Matthews finally returns? And how much of an impact do you think he'll have after missing so much time? You know, I don't know if he'll be 100%. What do you think? I, I don't know. I, I was assuming he wouldn't be 100%, but, man, I'm hopeful he can come back. I, uh, I think the, the defense is far worse, worse off without him. 
he's clearly, you know, not the player, you know, he's been in, in years past. Uh, however, uh, I think his presence alone makes your team better. Uh, we've seen the, the drop-off um, from Nick Ferry uh, specifically. He had, you know, five and a half sacks over the first five or six games with Matthews, and then he's had a half sack since since Matthews has been out. So I think there's a direct impact there. And, and obviously, you know, the more uh, – snaps uh julius peppers plays uh, certainly the worst off he's going to be too and, and just continue to wear him down yeah i'm right there with you with uh as far as taking attention away uh from from clay matthews i think that's a that's a good thing that that'll help a guy like nick perry uh but in the secondary though how much better will this packers secondary be when demarius randall returns as well they got quentin rollins back two weeks ago uh, so things seem to be looking up, at least if these guys play well, which I guess isn't a certainty. <laughs> no, and, and I, I personally think uh, if uh, Randall comes back, the, they have to be better off, right? It, it can't be much worse than last week. Um, I, I would hopeful, <laughs> hopeful they would play a little bit better. Um, if, if anything else, it'll get Dimitri Goodson uh, off the field a little bit, and, and uh, the way Gunter's played. Uh, should be a pretty good, pretty good back there with uh, Randall back. Hopefully that's the case. All right. So on Sunday, Packers, their backs are against the wall. They're going to Washington, the same foe they met in the playoffs last season, and and won uh, in Washington. What is your prediction for the game? How's it going to play out? What's going to happen? Well, I'm not going to remain hopefully optimistic here. Um, they lost two games uh, at the end of the season last year and went into Washington and won. Uh, I'm going to go with the same thing. I think they'll win in, in a fairly close game. Uh, I'd say they win by a touchdown. I certainly hope you're right, Tyler. Uh, are you working on anything in the near future to be published at Cheesehead TV we can look forward to? I don't want to put too much pressure on you. <laughs> I have an article uh, that should be published here uh, either. Uh, it should be this morning, actually. Okay, okay. Can you just give us a tease? Yeah, I, it's you know, there's a lot of negative articles uh, going around. Um, so I, I tried to spin things on what, you know, what we have to be optimistic about uh, moving forward. You know, the NFC North is certainly down, and, and the Packers are still in a position where they could, they could easily take the division. Um, even in a down, down season, we could still salvage it by getting into the playoffs and uh, giving ourselves a chance here. Sounds good. I like the glass half full attitude. Tyler, thank you so much for taking a few minutes to talk to us this morning. Appreciate it and be happy to have you on again sometime. Yeah, thanks for having me. That was Tyler Bohms, and I saw just before going live this morning that his latest article is already published here at CheeseheadTV.com, so go check it out um, at any time. Thanks to him for joining us. Thanks to you, the listener, for joining us this morning as we continue on with the show. Packers news of the day. All right. The Green Bay Packers claimed Christine Michael on waivers from the Seattle Seahawks. They did that on Wednesday. The corresponding move to make uh, room for Michael on the roster was by placing rookie Don Jackson on injured reserve, effectively Ending his season, uh, as you know, they one player can come off injured reserve per season, but you know they got to stay out for 
eight weeks uh, minimum, so it's almost a certainty Jackson is not going to be that player. Uh, I think we all know by now that it's either going to be Sam Shields or Eddie Lacy. And the, the longer it goes on, the more uh, pertinent that question becomes. I know we've raised it before, but that'll be interesting in a few weeks here down the road uh, what they're going to do there. We can talk about that at a later time. But yeah, Don Jackson apparently uh, suffering an injury during Tuesday's practice. Um, this not related to the hand injury he suffered in the game earlier this season. Obviously, we've we've seen him come back and uh, play through that. So, um, you know, this can be one of those things where uh, it's relatively minor, but you know, the Packers had to make you know they they needed a back on the roster again besides James Starks and. And so they had to do something. And uh, anyway, Don Jackson got a nice introduction to the NFL this year. Hopefully he progresses and maybe is more of a factor next season. We will see. Um, but as far as Michael goes, uh, to provide my two cents, I know it's been like almost two days now since he was he's claimed and, and you know, I'm kind of late to chiming in, but that's just the way the Railbird Central schedule works out with us. Uh, only going Monday was Wednesdays, Fridays. But frankly, I was surprised Michael was available as the Seattle Seahawks' leading rusher this season. Um, but, uh, it, you know, I like the move, or at least I don't mind the Packers taking a chance because I think there's enough upside for them to take that chance. And the investment will be minimal. He doesn't make a ton of money. If they have to cut him, they just cut him just like they did with Niall Davis. I didn't mind the Packers trying Niall Davis even if it didn't work out uh, because, again, they there was no hurt there. They, you know, so they, they released him and, yeah, they invested some time into him that ended up being wasted, but, you know, that's... That they can live with that. That's that's the coach's jobs, you know, to to invest time into the players. They're getting paid for it. Uh, I don't think it took away from anything or anybody else on the roster. Uh, you know, they're they're coaching many players as a time at a time as it is. Anyway, uh, Michael took part in his first practice with the Packers on Thursday after taking a red-eye flight out of Seattle. Uh, apparently, as the reports say, he had a uh, connection in Chicago, so he was on remarkably little sleep when he hit the practice field with the Packers on Thursday, um, uh, which you know is a concern for one day, but I'm sure he'll catch up on his sleep. Uh, obviously there's concern about a player here that was suspended twice and ejected once in college and he was previously traded away by the Seahawks to the Dallas Cowboys before eventually making his way back to Seattle. So those are instances that give you pause. Now, personally, I'm okay with the off-field incidents. They were, again, reportedly for a violation of team rules. And as far as I know, they're not for anything egregious. You know, you just get very wary in today's day and age of 
domestic abuse or things like that and and those things are sick um but uh since entering the nfl michael hasn't had any off-field incidents that i know of either um and if anything you hope the older he gets the more mature he gets so there's reason for optimism there apparently however questionable decision making off the field in previous years has has led to questionable uh decision making on the field or at least it shouldn't be a surprise that he's made questionable decisions on the field um i think the overwhelming opinion on michael is that he hasn't lived up to expectations not that he's done really poorly by any means uh, I, I think anybody could point out a lot worse backs in the NFL. Uh, but this was a second round draft choice. And, and as such, you know, as, as you know, uh, a high round draft pick, people expect more out of them. Uh, at times, he's been more flash than substance. And I know in recent weeks, the Seahawks have been frustrated with poor choices by Michael, you know, where to run which holds to hit and uh, just, you know, sometimes, you know, what is the, I'm trying to think of his, how to describe his running style. Just, you know, there's, there's obviously a lot of athleticism to his game, kind of, you know, very similar to Niall Davis in terms, these guys tested really well coming out of the NFL combine. And you love that part of the game. Uh, You know, the, the the test the the forty yard time and the the leaping and the jumping drills and it just shows they're a good athlete in general. But as we know, that doesn't always translate to the football field. Sometimes with a guy like Michael, maybe trying to run faster than his legs will allow. Um, but you know, I do like the fact that he is experienced. He's now in his fourth season. It is weird because teams just don't cut their leading rusher in season. It just isn't a thing that happens. Um, as as far as this week goes in the upcoming matchup with Washington, I think Michael will be used sparingly this week, just like they used Niall Davis. You know, he had only a handful of carries his first two games. He had five carries in two games and a reception or two. Um, but But if Michael is used in a package or two, that's all the Packers need right now. That they've got James Starks to handle the load for the time being, uh, and of course they've got Ty Montgomery and Randall Cobb and and Aaron Ripkowski with a growing role in the backfield every week as well. So, um, just I I think you know it'll come in piecemeal. Uh, Michael would become a bigger part of the offense every week, um, and I think that's how it'll play out. But as far as a game preview goes, okay, I mean, that's that's what you listen to the Friday episode of Railbird Central for, right? Um, the key matchup this game is going to be the Washington offensive line against the Packers front seven of their defense. This, this is going to be the key to the game. If the Packers want to win this game, they're going to have to win this battle or at least they're going to have to you know kind of come out with a draw in this battle which would allow them maybe to win somewhere else 
but they can't lose it. They can't lose this battle against the Washington offensive line if they hope to win. The Washington offensive line has played well, even without Pro Bowl tackle, left tackle Trent Williams. I remember there was a lot of attention on him coming into the playoff game last year. He's suspended. Um, And without him, I, I think the I think Washington is vulnerable. Um, not to say that they're outright bad by any means, but they're vulnerable. And, and the their other tackle is dealing with an ankle injury, so the Packers have to take advantage, especially in the passing game. You know, let's let's think back here for a second. The Packers got off to such a good start this season in the pass rush department. You know, remember back to the first month, Nick Perry was wowing people. Um, Clay Matthews was healthy and, you know, doing a good job. Not great, but getting a few sacks. Julius Peppers was contributing early in the season. And Kyler Fackrell, the rookie, was exceeding expectations. Now fast forward a few weeks. Matthews isn't even out on the field. Perry's been shut out. Peppers has been invisible. And Fackrell is back to being a rookie. The Packers need these guys to put pressure on Kirk Cousins, who I think is a solid, not great quarterback. But he's become a really solid player for them. Um, And he hasn't been pressured much this year. And that's what the Packers need to do. Pressure him into mistakes. But it goes beyond the outside linebackers. They need good performances from the defensive linemen and the inside linebackers as well in the battle against the Washington offensive line. And it all works in tandem. You know, if the Packers put up a good pass rush from their front seven, then it helps the Packers secondary that's been banged up and been missing people. And if the defensive linemen keep blockers off the inside linebackers, then that helps a unit that looks to be without Jake Ryan this week. Um, so so that that it all, you know, that's that's why I see this as being such a key battle this week. Packers front seven defense versus Washington offensive line. Um, And I've said it before, folks, uh, this might not be a division game or a rivalry game, but I think this game is critical to the rest of of the season. If the Packers lose this game, I think the playoffs will be out of the question. Um, even though they still have battles down the road with Minnesota and Detroit, I those teams can't keep losing at the same pace Green Bay is right now. One of them's going to win. Um, and and that being said, if, if the Packers win this game, then I think there's a chance they keep rolling. You know, if they can take the confidence game gained, from a road win at Washington, maybe they take that into the following week at Philadelphia, a game in which they get an extra day of rest, Monday night football. That would be so huge to the Packers' chances of you know potentially qualifying for the playoffs. 
Uh, I'm, I'm not going to get even, you know, how far can they get into the playoffs right now? Right now it's about qualifying that they need to worry about that. And if they lose this week, uh, forget it. I, I just, I, I realize it may be mathematically possible, but if they lose this game, I think it's just, you know, uh, the, the, the confidence isn't going to be there to be able to win enough games at the end. Um, so all this being said, I, I just don't have enough faith in this Packers team right now, especially on the road. I, I say the Packers lose 29-27. I hope I'm wrong, uh, but I wasn't a week ago. Uh, and this Washington team might be even better than Tennessee. Uh, so there's my unfortunate prediction uh, that you may not want to listen to, but uh, I hopefully not going to make you dwell on it too long because we're moving on. The day ahead. All right. The Green Bay Packers released their final injury report of the week on Friday. This is the day we learn if players are questionable or doubtful or they're ruled out. And as usual, we're looking at the status of a couple players in particular. I personally am not holding out much hope for linebacker Jake Ryan, offensive lineman TJ Lang, cornerback Demarius Randall none of whom have practiced this week. And I realize that there's still time. You know, sometimes they these guys come back and practice on Saturday and then they play on Sunday. Uh, but I think that's a rarity. That doesn't happen often. Um, the Packers are just going to have to get by without them. Uh, we're going to have to rely once again on on Ladarius Gunter, who's who's looked good at cornerback at times. He's been up and down, but he's been good. Um, Don Barclay, hopefully he builds on his performance last week. Uh, I've been really down on him, but I'll say he battled at least, uh, last week in Tennessee. And then, um, uh, you know, Joe Thomas going to continue to play more at inside linebacker. And there are things Joe Thomas does well. Taking on the run is not one of them. So hopefully, you know, the Packers get by without that. And you can imagine they'll be trying to get his way as with as many packages possible that they don't have to have two inside linebackers on the field. You can see him going with that dime a lot, perhaps. Um, we'll see how it plays out. But, you know, as far as the guys who we're hoping will play this game and who we'll see on the injury report when it's released Friday afternoon, uh, I think, you know, Clay Matthews is the big one. You know, he's the guy who's, you know, been out for three straight weeks. He's practiced this week. He was practicing two weeks ago, but had a setback. Um, and so, you know, with with him practicing this week, gosh, he's, he's even with the setback, he's got to be close to returning. He expressed sentiment for of optimism in an interview with the media this week. But again, it, it was nothing he didn't say before he had the setback either. So you can't always put stock into what the players say because they're always going to be optimistic. Uh, always, 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 always. Um, so uh, Clay Matthews, um, we're looking where he's at. We're looking at Jared Cook um, because now he's he's practiced not even a limited fashion this week. His He's been in the full category both Wednesday and Thursday, so that really bodes well in addition to practicing on a limited basis at least, you know, the week before. So 
he definitely should be on the precipice of returning here. And that could be a real boon to the Packers offense. And also David Bakhtiari, who had to, you know, leave the game against the Titans. But he's practiced this week. He has been limited. But I would just say the fact that he bounced right back from coming out of the game to practice, the very next practice was participating at least. He should be out there on Sunday. Um, But we'll learn, like I said, we'll learn more when the injury report comes out. Uh, So pay attention to that. Mike McCarthy's final press conference of the week in in advance of the game will be streamed live Friday morning at 9.35 a.m. Central Time, so not too much after or following uh, the this show, the live edition of the show. As far as Sunday's game, it's a nationally televised matchup starting at 7.30 p.m. Central Time. That's the kickoff. It's televised on NBC, so you should be able to get it no matter where you live in the United States. Um, if you happen to be listening internationally, that may be another question. Um, you know, I know Game Pass is available for some people outside the United States, but not for every country. So uh, good luck to you if, if you don't have access to that. Um, but anyway, uh, looking forward to it, uh, no matter what the outcome uh, eventually is. I'll be there. I'll be watching. Um, and I, I always hope my predictions are wrong when I predict the Packers to lose. So that'll do it for today's episode of Railbird Central. Thank you everybody so much for joining us this morning. Um, if you haven't done so already, my call to action, please give us a rating and a review on iTunes. It's the one small thing we ask. The show is free of charge, no subscription, no paywall. So if you could do us a solid, head to iTunes, search Cheesehead TV. It'll pop right up. Give us that five-star rating and a brief little review. doesn't have to be anything long, but we'd greatly appreciate it because it helps get word out about this show, helps people find it, and we think it's a service to Green Bay Packers fans. So appreciate it. Thank you. Um, we'll see you, folks. Have, good, have a good Friday. Have a good weekend. We'll recap the game on Monday. Um, All right. I leave you today with a song called Believe the Lie by Umphreys McGee on Psy Fidelity Records. See everyone. Go Pack Go. Go.